It's Monday, January 16th, and this is Goodwill Talk Daily. Welcome back, everybody, to Goodwill Talk Daily. Great to be with you again today. It's Martin Luther King Day today, and uh, so a lot of you have the day off, um, both from school, maybe even a lot of you off of work. And, um, you know, I hope that you take some time today, uh, maybe read the letter from the Birmingham jail, listen to the I Have a Dream speech or the, the mountaintop speech, read some of the sermons of Dr. King. Spend some time today on your own or as your family uh, learning about who Dr. King was, why he was so important in this nation's history, and and what you can learn as a follower of Jesus Christ. Never forget, he's the reverend doctor. He was a pastor. He's a lover of the Lord and a, uh, a, a stalwart in the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, while he was not a perfect man by any means, he was a man who sought the Lord. And so I encourage you to uh, learn from him a little bit today, maybe watch a movie about him or, or hear some speeches and uh, learn and grow, grow in your faith by spending some time with Dr. King today. Well, we're going to spend time in Second Chronicles. This is our last day in Second Chronicles before we dive headlong into Isaiah. And the reason we're here is because of Isaiah 1 verse 1. The vision concerning Judah and Jerusalem that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Now, we've been looking at these kings, and we've been studying their lives, seeing what we could learn from them, because this is the background for Isaiah's prophetic work. Isaiah isn't prophesying in a vacuum. His letter, or this series of prophecies, excuse me, doesn't just drop out of heaven out of nowhere. There's a context, there's issues going on, and we're going to be interacting with some of them as we go through Isaiah's prophetic work. And so uh, let's turn again to 2 Chronicles. We're looking at the end of 2 Chronicles chapter 32, the last little bit that we learn of this last king in that list, Hezekiah. I'm reading for us starting in verse 24. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. He prayed to the Lord who answered him and gave him a miraculous sign. But Hezekiah's heart was proud. He did not respond to the kindness shown him. Therefore, the Lord's wrath was on him and on Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah repented of the pride of his heart, as did the people of Jerusalem. Therefore, the Lord's wrath did not come on them during the days of Hezekiah. Hezekiah had very great wealth and honor. And he made treasuries for his silver and gold and for his precious stones, spices, shields, and all kinds of valuables. He also made buildings to store the harvest of grain, new wine, and olive oil. And he made stalls for various kinds of cattle and pens for the flocks. He built villages and acquired great numbers of flocks and herds, for God had given him very great riches. It was Hezekiah who blocked the upper outlet of the Gihon Spring and channeled the water down to the west side of the city of David. He succeeded in everything he undertook. But when envoys were sent by the rulers of Babylon to ask him about the miraculous sign that had occurred in the land, God left him to test him and to know everything that was in his heart. The other events of Hezekiah's reign and his acts of devotion are written in the vision of the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Hezekiah rested with his ancestors and was buried on the hill where the tombs of David's descendants are. All Judah and the people of Jerusalem honored him when he died, and Manasseh, his son, succeeded him as king. It's the end of Hezekiah's story, and it's a bit of a lukewarm ending, isn't it? 
We've seen some pretty incredible things in his life so far. When he came to power, Judah was in a terrible place. Idolatrous, violent. He did away with all of that. Cleansed the temple, consecrated it again. Made sure that the priests were being trained to do their work so that they were able to lead the people well in worship. He then... After all of this, uh, really, all of this positive um, Christ following and using Christian language, but but God-honoring work, after all of that, he finds himself at the business end of a sword from Sennacherib. Sennacherib is the Assyrian king, and he's going he's gonna to wage war on Hezekiah and Judah. He's going to take it. He's going to wipe him out. But Hezekiah and Isaiah together pray to the Lord, and God delivers them because of their faith, their humility, their willingness to trust in God. Then we come to this point. Final days of Hezekiah, he gets sick. He gets sick and ill, and he's going to die, and he prays to the Lord that his life might be spared, and God answers. You can get more detail out of this, by the way, in 2 Kings. God answers his prayer, but Hezekiah grows proud. I mean, he has accomplished a lot. And through his accomplishments, he's become wealthy. He has the love of the people. It almost reminds us of Hezekiah, or of Nebuchadnezzar, excuse me, walking around and saying, oh, look at all the things my hands have done, right? We don't have Hezekiah saying those words, but we do hear of his pride. The wrath of the Lord responds to it. You know, for a lot of us, God has blessed us. He's given us opportunity. Maybe, maybe he's given you wealth. He's given you wonderful experiences, filled you with joy, built families around you, friendships around you. You may know what it is to be blessed by God in this life. Pride is your greatest enemy. To forget that you are not the one who did this, but that all good gifts come from the hand of our Father above. You don't create your success. He makes a way for it. You didn't give yourself your abilities, your talents. You might have learned some things, but he gave you the opportunity to learn them. I remember being in uh, Brazil quite a few years ago now and seeing the abject poverty in the favelas of Brazil. And uh, I met a little girl named Grace who was the exact same age as my oldest at the time. And she had no discernible future ahead of her. She, she was living in a tiny little place in a forgotten favela in a forgotten town far away from here. Why is it? Why is it that she received so little and my daughters received so much? It seems unfair because fairness is not where it is. It, it is. it is God. I don't know why God does the things that he does. I don't understand it. But I do know this. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's not because of me. No. We don't know why God gives good to us. We know why there's suffering. We know why there's poverty. That's because of sin. That's because of brokenness. That's because of the fall. Why is there good? Why is there blessing? That's not from our own strength and our own ability. Hezekiah didn't have the success, didn't build the armies, didn't establish the reputation that he had because of him, because of his great leadership and work. No, it is because he knew to lean on God from whom all wisdom comes. Brothers and sisters, do not grow 
prideful in your accomplishments. Don't do it. It will be tempting. It will be tempting to look around and say, look at what my hands have done. Rather, turn your grateful hearts towards the Lord, for he is the one who blesses you. And we do not know why some receive blessings and, some, and why some don't, but we do know this. If we have been on the receiving end of blessing, oh, we are, are obligated, we are obligated to praise him in thanksgiving and gratitude for all he's given us and to use what he's given us for the good of others, to care for others. You see, that little girl might be in a forgotten favela in a forgotten corner of a forgotten town, but that's just for us. She's not forgotten by God. He knows right where she is. And so I encourage you, in your abundance, pray for those who are without. Pray for those who suffer. Do not use your, your the opportunities you've been given as an opportunity to grow sinful or blind to the things in this world. But use what God has given you for his glory and for the care of others. Let's pray together. Father, you have given us so much. Lord, just by being citizens in this country, we are richer than like 98% of this world. And Lord, we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. It is given by your good hand and we don't understand why. Would we use what you've given? Not to become prideful like Hezekiah, but instead, instead to turn towards you in gratefulness. I thank you that Hezekiah repented. And I pray for everyone here who does battle pride. Lord, would they repent as Hezekiah did? And would your wrath relent? We thank you that while we sin, your wrath has been taken on, absorbed even, by our Savior Jesus Christ, that there might only be love and mercy left over for us. Would that love and mercy and grace overflow that we might show it to others who are hurting and suffering? Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's all for Goodwill Talk Daily today. I'll see you again tomorrow right back here 